And what we see as grit and determination in the celebrated entrepreneurs, in the people that we think are awesome, is actually them stretching their comfort zone because they've been doing this for so many years that now it's become second nature to them. But from us as an outsider, it seems like, wow, they're working 16 hours a day. They're doing this, they're doing that. They've been doing that for the last 25 years. It's now who they are. Now you suddenly go from a nine to 12 job to working 16 hours, you'll collapse. That is breaking your comfort zone. Hello and welcome. I'm Shashank Mehta founder at thewholetruthfoods.com and you're listening to The Whole Truth Project. <laughs> hey guys, hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Whole Truth Project. Today we have with us Ashton Doctor, aka The Habit Coach. Ashton is the founder of Awesome180 where he works on rewiring your brain to help you form healthier habits and lead a better lifestyle. He's also a dear friend, so doing this formal intro for him seems a little strange because He's actually someone who I look up to personally and respect a lot on matters of food and fitness. So, hey, Ashdin, thank you for being here and thank you for making time. Yay! Congratulations on the podcast. I'm so happy you're doing this. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And you're the, you're the one who really pushed us. It took us a few more months than you <laughs> expected. But, but here we are. We are now regular and like, on. Just start. Uh, just start. Start, yeah. Well, now that we have, and now that I've introduced mm. you as the habit coach, uh, we can't just let that pass. I want you to tell us what does the habit coach mean and, and what's so special about habits that you named yourself that. So, you know, this whole idea of habit coaching came a few years to me in my mind because what had happened was I went on my own journey of health and fitness, right? Where I was at a place when I was extremely unhealthy. Um, I didn't care about what I was eating, like butter chicken and jeera rice were my like staple dishes. I would come home and have two packets of Maggie with like cheese sprinkled on the top. My breakfast was, you know, this big bowl of cornflakes with sugar and a glass of orange juice. But, like, there was no concept or thikana of what I should be eating or what I should not be eating. Overlay that with zero exercise. Because for me, exercise was an alien concept. It was like, you know, who actually goes and exercises? Because nobody in our peer group at that point of time, talking about seven, eight, ten years ago, nobody exercised, right? It was one of those rare things. Now we see so many fitness influencers, but back then, nothing. And sleep completely out the window. I thought, you know, I have to push hard during my working times, you know, go hard or go home kind of attitudes. I used to sleep for four hours a night, five hours a night. Work was the priority. And all of that was happening in my life. And um, I realized that I used to just push, 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 push. And everything was out of grit and determination. Um, what happened was one day I collapsed on the floor. All of this completely overwhelmed me. And I don't know what happened. My body gave up finally. Now, when you're in your early 30s, probably was 30, 31 at that time, Something like this happening is extremely scary. You don't want something like that to happen to you, right? And somewhere it was a wake-up call. Somewhere it wasn't a wake-up call. Because, you know, there's this strange voice at the back of your mind when something like this happens that says, good job. You actually worked so hard that you could collapse, right? It is such a strange dichotomy that exists. But at some point of time, I realized that I can't live in this fear of whether I'm going to die, fear of my body. I couldn't climb three flights of stairs at the time. Okay, Now I do trek mountains. At that point of time, I couldn't climb three flights of stairs. 
and I said something has to change. And what I did was I gave myself a goal. You know, like all good people, we are taught goal setting and all of that. I gave myself a goal. What goal? I need to get a six pack. Why? Because I had a huge tummy at that time, right? Tummy, nice chubby cheeks. What is the possibly the hardest goal I could think of? Six pack. I said, chalo, abs, nikalo, right? And I went on this whole journey of trying to find these abs. And as a result, I started exercising. And I soon realized that, you know, doing 10,000 crunches is not going to get me those abs. Then I, then somewhere there was a meme that popped up saying abs are made in the kitchen. So I said, chalo, now I have to focus on nutrition. And what happened was after a few months, I went through probably every single diet that I tried, I could. I went through every single exercise program that I could. And I realized that the only things that were sticking were the things that I was doing on a consistent basis. And that consistency was the easy things. It weren't the hard things that I was doing. Now, what happened was I fell in love with the way my body was changing through this process. I started learning more and learning more and completely geeking out on this whole fitness world, right? I realized that you can't lose fat if you're stressing about losing fat, if you're stressed constantly, right? Stress increases cortisol, all those things I started learning about. And I started looking at how I can start reducing this. So I made these massive life changes over a period of time. Now, what happened was all my friends would meet me at parties and weddings and things like that. They, would, they hadn't seen the process, they'd seen the end result, right? And they would say, Are, tell me how you did this. Right? Like, and it's the thing that happens whenever you uh, meet friends. Like, I also have fat. Tell me, how should I lose it? Because six packs happened, right? And it's and it happened within, I think, a year, year and a half max. And so it, I'm, in my mind, I'm wondering, why is it so hard? So I was generally telling everybody what I did. And I would talk about intermittent fasting back then. Remember, this is like seven, eight, eight, nine years ago. And nobody knew what intermittent fasting was. They would look at me like I was mad and say, you'll, you'll faint on the road one day, you'll die. All sorts of things were being told to me. But the main issue that I realized was that everyone who heard my story was saying, I can't do what you did because I don't have your determination. I don't have your motivation. I don't have your self-discipline. Right? Now they believe that they didn't have these three things. And as a result, they didn't even start. Now, if you don't start, there's no way that you can achieve or not achieve it, right? It's obviously what the answer is going to be is you're not going to achieve it. So the thing was that I had to figure out how to get people to just start. And I realized that I'm not necessarily the most self-disciplined person on the planet. But what I did was I figured out how to make what I was doing into something so small that I could do it consistently without losing days and wait for time. That patience is important. And I realized that what I did was I created habits. And at that point of time, there were tons of life coaches. There were tons of fitness coaches. But there was the concept of habit and coaching people through their habits didn't exist. Like if you search habit coach in Google, you would get zero answers. Right. So I said, this looks like an opportunity to understand and to showcase something very, very different. So the idea of habit coaching came out. And it was a passion project, honestly, that started. It was a few friends that said, that, come coach me. And I said, Chalo, I'll coach you. I thought I'd take five people in the first year of starting this. And we ended up with some 20, 25 people. And I was like, oh, wow. This suddenly seems like a big need. Let me see how we can do this and grow this as an, as an aspect. And uh, I think by the end of the first year, we had also launched the Habit Coach podcast. And then that started doing very, very well. We were consistently in the top 10 in India. So I said, Chalo, 
we need to start pushing this and understanding this more. So quit all the other businesses that I had and focus primarily on this. Superb. And as it is one big learning from your journey, every time I hear it is, you know, get started and everything else will start falling into place and you'll start discovering your route. Uh, but I also want to touch upon like, are grit and determination bad things? Like, are they, do they actually come in the way of progress? And I'm asking specifically also because you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, a lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs uh, to our podcast. Uh, you know, grit and determination is what is celebrated the most in the startup community. How should we think about it? Like, is it a bad thing? So my understanding is that, um, in fact, I have this whole chapter in the book that I'm writing right now on understanding what is breaking your comfort zone and what is stretching your comfort zone. And these two things are very, very important for us to understand. Okay. And breaking your comfort zone is trying something so extremely new that you know your chances of failure are probably higher, but you want to experience what that is like. Okay. But you cannot constantly live in a state of breaking your comfort zone because that is a very, very tiring thing, right? Once in a while, for example, since I mentioned intermittent fasting earlier and we've done lots of stuff on intermittent fasting, once in a while you do a five-day fast. You don't do a five-day fast every day for the rest of your life, right? So that is the idea of breaking your comfort zone, using your grit and determination to experience what it is like. But if you want consistency, what you need to do is learn to stretch your comfort zone, not break it. And what we see as grit and determination in the celebrated entrepreneurs, in the people that we think are awesome, is actually them stretching their comfort zone because they've been doing this for so many years that now it's become second nature to them. But from us as an outsider, it seems like, wow, they're working 16 hours a day. They're doing this, they're doing that. They've been doing that for the last 25 years. It's now who they are. Now you suddenly go from a 9 to 12 job to working 16 hours, you'll collapse. That is breaking your comfort zone. So understanding these two is very, yeah. very important. If you want permanent change, if you want consistency, you need to learn to not use grit and determination only. You need to learn about consistency. And grit and determination, yeah. it's very tiring every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in my experience, also the best entrepreneurs that I've met are actually, as you said, stretching their limits a little every day. And that added up over many years looks like breaking their limits. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of like number of hours also, a lot of people ask like, how many hours do you put in? First of all, bad question, who's counting? Uh, secondly, uh, actually, even if I counted maybe two, three extra hours, but the amount of productivity, etc., if you add up over a long period of time, that's the real, uh, that's the real break. Uh, you know, that's what gives extraordinary results over a long uh, period of time. But my favorite thing was true? to answer people yeah. with this. How yeah. many hours do you work with? I, I work four hours a day. Bus. <laughs> and then you like freak out. Like, oh, work four hours a day. I was like, yeah, the rest of the time is not work. Like this podcast is not work. This podcast is musty. Yeah. Now, if you make everything musty, right? Yeah. And, and to Elon Musk, it is musty. Okay. To yeah. those guys, it is musty. They don't feel that they're working 16 hours a day. If you are looking at Excel sheets and dying and saying, I have to call up this production guy, I have to call up that production guy and pulling out your hair, that is not musty. Unless you, well, you say this, but that is not musty, right? So you have to realize that what are the aspects of musty in your life and what are the aspects of the really pulling out hair? Do that only for like two, three hours. Nah? You don't, if, yeah. if you're firefighting all the time, you're in the wrong business, you should become a firefighter. 
<laughs> awesome and uh, uh, but you know the thing about doing stuff in the uh, which pays off in the long term is and i know you hate this word is uh, how do you keep up your motivation right if you if results start coming slowly like we know that nothing succeeds like success right if you start seeing results wo ek app aa jati hai to che aa jati hai lekin how do you get to the first one and start seeing some results so how do you help people shift their mindset from short term to long term how do you help them through that journey yeah motivation is a bad word so on our podcast anywhere else if anyone says motivation they immediately get a thappad but the thing is that it's important to realize the the difference between motivation so when you're when you're trying to make a change based on motivation the fuel behind that change is what is called inspiration right you're inspired by something so that motivates you to do it when you're trying to use habits the fuel that you're using at that point of time is not inspiration but is intention and that is the big 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 difference because inspiration is most of the time external i am getting the abs for some reason i am get i'm i'm seeing elon musk and saying i also want to be like that it's inspired you're inspired like right? you see some fitness model with six packs and that's what you want it's inspired but intention is the why do you want it right you could be inspired by something but why do you really want it so like i said when i was going through my journey my why was because it was the hardest goal i had given myself but once i had it once it was achieved and this is the worst thing right when you achieve your goals is the scariest because like khalas now what do you do with it and this is the problem with motivation you achieved your goals chalo now i'll dig into four pizzas so you have to very quickly learn that motivation is very short term and there is there are actual ways to use motivation well which we can talk about but the second aspect is what i did was i said six pack aage but what was the real reason for getting down this fitness journey for me it was i never wanted to be afraid of my body again and that is the intention that i set for myself so i did everything to prevent myself from being scared of my body again now what are the things that i feared i feared heights for example chalo i was afraid that i could not climb up so many stairs like i said i went so i went started doing high altitude trekking right i was afraid that um, like maybe later on we'll talk about this but um, during this lockdown i believe my fitness levels gone down because i've been doing at home workouts and i've been basically doing time pass just enough to whatever was exciting me and i realized that my maybe workload capacity had gone down so i joined this very very high intensity program just to test it out right because i didn't want to be afraid of my body i didn't want to say i can't do that in case i had to so the idea is how do you play around with and get your intention right and intention setting is something that i spend a lot of time with my clients right in the beginning and get that right because only then you can you form habits for that okay so i was asking that you hinted at motivation can also be used actually to your advantage intelligently as a trigger as an incentive talk about that what role can motivation play in this entire game So, so the way to do it is to decide when to use motivation because what we do is we use motivation at the wrong time and uh, you'll notice that motivation goes up and down up and down like you like like your favorite word right sinusoidal wave right upar niche upar niche just like our fat loss journeys and the the reason why we do this is and the problem is that we normally decide our goal for our motivation 
right at the top when our motivation is at its highest. Now, when it's at its highest, the only place that motivation can go is down, right? So all the way down. What we instead need to do is start figuring out our goals when the motivation is zero, and then ride it up. At least you get a longer curve that way, and uh, and. Also, what happens is you don't set stupidly ambitious goals at that point of time, because very often we set stupidly ambitious goals, and as a result, it just seems overwhelming, and we stop doing anything after that. I think that's a lovely point. The only doubt I get is when motivation is at zero, what's the motivation to even set a goal? So you have to plan all those things out earlier on. You know, मुझे क्या क्या करना है, and then when you're feeling your lowest, that's when you set it. You know, normally we feel that it's at our highest and set it. And like I told you, na motivation is stupid in any case to begin with. So you just have to use it sparingly. Everything else now you rely on habits. Bus. You know, I uh, when the first time when I was losing weight when I was like nineteen, twenty years old. Uh, obviously, a large part of that, as I've told you, was a girl's rejection, right? So I had started running uh, around a park behind my house, and I realized that. so at that age nothing motivated you like girls did right so so uh, in my park whenever there was a good looking girl uh, walking no matter how tired i am in my run i would become straight and correct my posture and you know be all like nahi nahi mujhe kuch nahi ho raha and i'll i'll run past her right i started realizing that this is a great trick no matter even when my brain knows that this is what is happening the trick works so i used to time my runs uh i used to time my runs to the point when i knew there would be maximum girl crowd in the park so that so that i'd run the longest so that is how i used to use motivation as a trick <laughs> i love it i love it there was this nice thing on how do you maintain your yoga habit somebody had said this and i and i jokingly said find the hottest trainer around and join her class <laughs> it's it's, it's 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 silly but it actually works right he's or her class like hmm. yeah hmm. let's let's move on to the pandemic you you hinted on that also that that it's changed your own workout and your own uh, uh, you know fitness regime talk about both how how do you think it impacted you and since you speak to so many people you have so many clients what are you observing how is it impacting people's uh, fitness journeys so i think uh, we have to divide the pandemic into i think two three stages okay so the first stage is the initial euphoria of not going to work okay and i know it's strange to now at this point of time call that a euphoria but we went through that phase of saying are this is like a two week chutti this is like a two week break that we've gotten and we all went completely bananas we actually started making banana bread like mad people we started having our delgona coffees and sugar was coming out through our ears that's the time when i think many many people just said that i don't care i'm not working out right now i'm at home how can i work out at home and the the fitness level i think this generally went into a slump now after two three weeks slump it is very hard to get back many people haven't gotten back many people have so what happened was that at that point of time um people stopped working out and i thought that, and i think that's a big big mistake because after a three 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 four week break starting your workout and fitness routine is going to be extremely hard it's almost like starting 
closer to zero. It's never like starting from zero, but it's starting from closer to there because all your habits have gone out the window. And, um, and many, uh, and I thought this was the best time to actually get your fitness coaching if you've never done it before. Because this was the time when it became so affordable. There were so many fantastic fitness coaches that took their programs online. And uh, I think everyone should be having an online coach right now because this is the best time to, you know, make full paisa vasuli of it, right? It's the, so I think people started looking at that as an opportunity. But unfortunately, many people still did not get back onto the exercise fitness bandwagon. And hence, they went through this whole putting on weight, losing weight, putting on weight kind of syndrome. Um, then in the middle, everyone's routine kind of stabilized. And now again, I think there's a crash because people are just feeling a sense of helplessness and there's a mental fatigue that is taking place. And hence, people just don't want to work out. So I think this last bit, this, this phase that we're currently going through is more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge. And being well, both mentally and physically is extremely important. With regards to my personal fitness journey through the last couple of years, what happened was, oh, well, through the lockdown phase was that um, the first we came back, I, I was stuck at my farm where we're recording this podcast from right now. And uh, there were no weights. There was nothing. All I had was a bar that was from my swing. So it became a pull-up bar and everything else was body weight exercises, right? Maximum I could do was dig a ditch. So it was that kind of workout system. So I lost a lot of fat, lost a lot of muscle also in the process. So there was that change that was taking place. Overall, I started feeling weaker. Then finally, the lockdown opened. We could get stuff from Bombay. I managed to get my weights from Bombay. And I started working out. And I started then identifying new interesting techniques of weightlifting for hypertrophy. So there's this uh, method called the, uh, the Vince Gironda 8x8 method, which is something that I started tripping on. So it is very interesting. It is eight sets of eight reps with only 20 seconds of a break between each set. So what happens is that you start off with a weight and set one, set two, set three, set four is good. Set five, set six, set seven, set eight becomes pure torture. And because what has happened is that your rest break is so short that your body, your, your muscles are filling up with, uh, with, with blood and you're getting that pump also because it's becoming an anaerobic place because there's not enough blood coming through it. It's lactic uh, acid. the lactic acid buildup is taking place. So as a result, my muscles started growing like crazy during this period of time. But my cardiovascular, uh, uh, workouts dropped because I didn't bother about, you know, focusing on that because I was thoroughly enjoying this kind of a workout style. So I think through this last one and a half years, and we, we forget that it's been now one, one year plus, right? Lots of stuff can happen in a year. We've all gone through our various fitness cycles and, and different, different goals have kept changing along the way. But I think the important thing is to whatever fitness goal you choose should have some fun of uh, some, some aspect of fun for you. If it becomes too serious, you're not going to continue it. So the last few rounds, I was like, the last few months, it was just like play good music and I will exercise. What I feel like doing, I feel like doing anything, no plan, nothing, but I just wanted to feel nice about it. And, and for me, that exercise was cathartic. It was relaxation. It wasn't fitness as the way that we would think about fitness. Go hard, go home. 
uh, and I hate doing weight training alone at home as it is. So I was like, I'll start running. Both times say endurance training chuta hua hai. Uh, I'll start running. But obviously, within five days of running, police came and said, "Shut up, go back home. Huh. You can't be running." <laughs> so I was like, "Shit, running is gone." So uh, then I got into yoga. But basically, between flexibility, endurance, and resistance, at any point of time, I barely am able to keep two going. The third one goes for a toss, and then I find that every, I think, ten odd days, there comes a high stress, anxiety-inducing moment at work, etc. They keep happening in startup life as it is, but there are one or two serious ones that come every ten days odd. and that really breaks my flow i go back to you know carb heavy meal uh, carb heavy dinner some sugar to make me feel nice two three days get screwed then i'm like oh shit this is happening again i need to go, go back and do this so so where i'm going with all of this is have you seen uh, because you talk a lot about mental health etc also uh, i know what what impact are you seeing this having on mental health and i'm not talking for folks who already had who already were dealing with anything around mental health i'm talking about other janta who is now faced with this new scenario in life how is their physical health impacting mental health and vice versa what are you noticing okay i'll answer your question but before that there's this one thing that i've been dying to say while you were talking okay why you're uh, not working out at home where is that hot girl you're trying to impress motivation <laughs> chale gaya See that is the problem <laughs> with motivation. There you hey, don't go. Don't say this. The 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 wife will kill me. She'll like you think there's no hot girl at home anymore. So <laughs> try to kill me. Just blame it. Just fire off my shoulder, huh? See Ashton, use him as a shield. But the the thing is that um, in fact the podcast that we released today was about the emotions that we've been going through through the lockdown, and um, I got all sorts of feedback for it. It was a podcast that was very. unlike a habit coach podcast because i was having a heart to heart and i was saying that you have to understand the emotions that we are going through right now in order to be able to deal with them and all of the first early lockdown we went through one primary emotion called loneliness right where everything was around loneliness i can't believe i'm not meeting people i can't believe i'm not meeting my friends how will i cope how will all of that loneliness was the big 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 overriding emotion at that point of time through this current journey that we are on the the predominant emotion for the last few months has been that of fear now fear is a very interesting emotion because fear is born out of this concept called loss so it's a it's a very interesting uh, journey as soon as you realize that you're about to lose something you become fearful of it as soon as you become fearful of it and you don't check the fear you get angry about it So, if you notice the current scenario, people are in a constant loss mode. I'm losing my job. I'm losing relatives. I'm losing friends. I'm losing this. I'm losing time. Whatever. Loss, 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 loss. As a result, it is turning into fear. Fear is turning into anger or rage. And you're noticing this is a predominant emotion coming up in the in, in social media. There's so much anger right now amongst the people about things, and this is because it is born out of fear. now if you understand this and if you understand that fear comes from a place of loss you can know how to deal with it by looking at just how much else you have we we often focus so much on the loss that we completely miss out on all the stuff that is still currently there for us and uh, and 
many times it is lost because people have experienced the illness or it is lost because they're accumulating it from other people right the interesting emotion that is now coming up in amongst people and this is what i'm hoping people can brace for is the next emotion which is called guilt now guilt is a very very big deep emotion that is coming up in almost all of us okay people are talking about hopelessness and stuff like that yes because there's a sense of hopelessness because you're feeling guilty that you can't help you're feeling guilty that you can't do things for others if you've had covid you're feeling guilty that you probably passed it on to five other people you're feeling guilty that you gave it to somebody else so if if and and the real strange one is people who've never had covid who've not been affected by covid or the lockdown or anything are feeling guilty about why is have haven't i have had any issue so far so guilt survivor's guilt survivor's guilt right it's becoming such an important emotion at this point of time and guilt is actually according to me one of the worst emotions that you can have because well anger to you burn yourself you burn the world around you guilt is like a kida like a worm that eats you up from the inside so i was saying that the only way that we can get out of guilt is through learning this word called acceptance because acceptance is the only way that we can understand guilt i gave it to five people except that you gave it to five people don't try and brush it under the counter don't try and palm it off to somebody else accept it okay ho gaya it's gone it's in the past i didn't get affected by covid guilt understand that you did not get affected by covid there's nothing that you can do to have gotten you can't go out and start licking telephone poles so it is not the way that you, so, so so this guilt is becoming very very dominant as an emotion right now and i think it is okay we need to learn how to deal with it acceptance is the current way i'm sorry if your podcast is, took a grim turn right now but i think it was important no, no. to share this no it is and i think survivors guilt uh, i discovered the word 5 days ago and i got such a sigh of relief to find language for what i was feeling uh, you know because every time someone asks me uh, uh, how is everyone and i look at i'm actually so grateful that most people around both in the company and in family are doing decently well uh, uh, and i always get that guilt ki shit yaar hamare yahan pe kisi ko nahi ho raha and everyone is getting and like so much yeah so i think knowing the language itself knowing the word and the emotion itself just tells you that this is normal yeah. like this is not normal but this is real this is what is happening and there is a word for it you know in fact um, was, when we deal yeah. with mental issues in terms of mental stress or understanding emotions there is this beautiful uh, chart called pluchak's wheel with all the emotions on it so you can just search for feelings wheel you'll get the same thing on on google and you go through the wheel and you ask yourself every day or two three times a day how am i feeling and you learn new words right because you say oh this is the feeling i'm not feeling bad i'm feeling betrayed ah now if i know i'm feeling betrayed i can do something about it but typically when you ask someone how are you feeling i'm not feeling too good why can't explain you know if you if i ask you how many emotions can you think of maximum people can think of eight emotions i'm happy i'm sad i'm angry i'm mad eight emotions done but there are some 50 not 50 but there are lots so we have to figure out what are these words and we can once we understand the words we know how to deal with them like you said vocab is so important when it comes to even understanding the emotions that you have the beat uh, what role does physical health play in improving mental health 
there was this um, doctor who said that exercise is the easiest cure for depression because it is free and um, and and it and it spikes all the happy hormones that you need for it and um, and the thing is that you need to understand what happens physically happens mentally like we have uh, uh, you know uh, psycho um, why am i blanking out on the word uh, psychosomatic and somatopsychic illnesses right psychosomatic means you think about it and it happens in your body somatopsychic means you can feel it and then it affects you mentally happens in your body so, yeah so the same thing is taking place when your body is moving and and exercising it also means that your mind is moving and exercising right it is going from place to place it is also at some level shutting down all the other noise and garbage that's coming at it from 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 places so many many people use exercise as therapy you used it to get over a breakup i used it to get out of a difficult time in my life i think we have to learn that if you are probably fretting about something drop down give 20 burpees for the records it was a rejection <laughs> rejection sorry sorry rejection breakup hota to main khush hota that would have meant ki pehle ha bhi okay let's get a bit uh, now that we've gotten morose and morbid let's get a bit geeky what's hmm. the what's the most technical new thing about food and fitness that you've been reading about and tripping on so you know it's actually interesting ha huh, shashank most of the literature coming out right now is nothing fun and techy and geeky that is there uh, I, i've been going mad trying to scour for something interesting to come up with but right now everyone's paranoid with what's been happening in the world so i think that aspect of our life has shut down a little bit but the things that i've been playing with at home was uh, i tried bfr uh, training which was blood flow restriction for a while which was um, again from a point of hypertrophy which is building muscle what you do is you restrict or you tie your uh, and you know the the bands that you get for uh, taking your blood um, you know the, the elastic bands that they tie you use those and you tie them at particular points and what you do is you restrict blood in that muscle and it does the exact same thing that we were discussing earlier with that 8 by 8 method which is it builds up lactic acid it doesn't allow your blood to pass by and um, again insane pump and insane uh, um, growth starts taking place when you do this on a regular basis and i'm desperately trying to convince my dad to use it because it is very very good for the elderly as well it improves uh, the bone health as well so it's not been a it's not been a successful attempt but that's that's what we've been trying here and um, and it's fun because the doctor household um, finally everybody is now exercising and um, last night at 7 o'clock in the evening suddenly I, i i come into the room and there is bhangra music playing and dad is working out to bhangra music the other day there was hardcore edm music and my dad was working out to edm music and at 72 i'm like acha okay cool so i think I, i i don't think there's anything geeky that has been coming out recently but it is these aspects of fitness how do you make fitness fun when everything else is around is burning around you how do you create that one hour of space of space and time for yourself saying yeah. that this is important for your own growth saying that this is going to make you feel better i think putting that together is what's important 
I mean, one of the things that you and I have been talking and tripping about for a while is uh, continuous glucose monitoring, and and I think finally now the Freestyle Libre is available for everyone to buy in the country. Insanely I still haven't got it. Insanely expensive. Insanely expensive. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. expensive. Yeah. Hmm. But but are you are you still on that? Like, have you uh, do you still track glucose and insulin etc. continuously, or or is that a past phase? Four years ago. So, so four years ago, I think, yeah, I think four, four, I think four years ago. Now, see, now one year, two years have gone. You can't calculate back. But I think four years ago is when I was uh, when I was routinely using the continuous glucose monitor to to check it out, and uh, it's very interesting, you know, because some things that you thought were going to spike your blood sugar didn't do anything, and certain things that you thought were chalo healthy. killed it like for example for me um, there was this one i think we had a board meeting at work and we were all stressed out and tired and somebody got sandwiches so i dove into the sandwiches made almost no dent to my blood sugar but i come home and have american corn and huge spike in my blood sugar right so like and 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 i thought american corn used to be healthy so i used to go and have two two american corns after workouts and things like that this way back when before i knew any of this but uh, you suddenly realize what is it that your body is spiking what is it not like for example bananas was something else that completely threw my glucose continuous glucose monitor out huge spike every time i had a banana but like what did you learn from that like don't have bananas or what was the learning so for me it was that if you have bananas know what the outcome is going to be right and um, the whole goal of using any of these monitors is to make sure that how flat you can keep your uh, your graph or your line and how do you plan your meals accordingly correct so like it's like for the first time i realized that there's a spike of blood sugar every morning when you wake up right now we read about it but at that point of time when i saw it for the first first time i freaked out i was like every morning I have not done anything. I promptly called up my endocrinologist, and she said, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Every morning there's a little spike of sugar that happens. This is the sugar that wakes you up. Cortisol is released, so and hence sugar yeah, comes out." Yeah, exactly. The body basically gives you some adrenaline ka shot Correct. to tell you that get up. Hmm. Now time for action. Yeah. So it's so interesting Crazy. because you can actually notice these things when it's happening to you, right? And um, then I was then I think. i got back into tracking my hrv over this lockdown because heart rate variability is again one of those very very important parameters that you you use to track or 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 identify what your body is going through so what heart rate variability is is basically you know when a doctor checks your pulse and says 69 right it doesn't mean that your pulse is exactly 69 beats per minute through that entire minute it's an average but what what this heart rate variability measures is the time difference between the pulse rate and what you want is a high variability because that means that your body is being very very responsive a low variability means that your body has stopped being responsive that means it has mm. it fatigue has set in or there is some form of stress or there's some form of inflammation in the body so tracking so the uh, hrv you can see what your health level would be like and there are some interesting stories from that you you asking me a question ha huh, so uh, this is interesting so what you're saying is that if when you start exercising it should shoot up right after exercise it should come back down fast if it responds faster 
uh, if your heart rate responds fast to external changes, that's a good thing. Am I getting it right? No. So what you're talking about is heart rate. Right. So hmm. that is your beats per minute. So I was at, I was at 170 within a minute. It came down to 120. That is not what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. Okay. Explain. So it doesn't, it doesn't measure that at all. But hmm. w- the way that this measurement works is that every morning when you wake up, you plug this device onto your, onto your ear lobe, which is where the, it that takes the measurement of the blood from and uh, the, the pulse from and it connected to your app. And what it does is it gives you a baseline every morning. It tells you in the morning, are you in a sympathetic state or a parasympathetic state? So should you be pushing today or should you not be pushing today? So it tells you that should you go hard in your workout? Should you have important meetings? Were you rested well or not? Like um, on days that I've had alcohol, the next morning I wake up with a very, very low score. On days that I've done everything perfectly, wake up with a nice proper 10. So you can actually see the way that your body is responding to whatever you did the night before. I remember once I woke up feeling perfectly fine. Like if you asked me to write in a journal saying, how did I sleep or how am I feeling? I would say 10 on 10. But this heart rate variability thing showed me two. Okay. And I was like, what rubbish. This is something wrong with this. I'm stopping to measure. By afternoon, I'd caught a cold. So it predicted that because it was measuring what was happening in my body. Now you can, it, it knew that I was ultra sensitive at that point of time or the cold was coming up. So it's very interesting to use this, especially during a time like this, when you want to be as high as possible from an immunity point of view, from a, uh, I wouldn't say survival of the fittest, but unfortunately that's what it is kind of a point, point of view. How well are you and your body trained right now? Are you getting your rest? Are you getting too much stress? You have chronic inflammation. All those things are things that we have to consciously reduce in our life. Explain the the metric. How what is heart rate variability? Like how does it measure it? So say there is there is beat one, beat two, beat three, beat four, beat five. Right? Beat one was beat between beat one and beat two was very close to each other. Beat two and beat three mm. were very far from each other. Beat three and beat four were again very far from each other between beat four and beat five was extremely close to each other. So that is what it's measuring. And high is better. High variability is better. High variability is better. So think about it right now. Okay. If you put your hand on your pulse, you will notice that it is not always exactly the same. For example, if you, if you breathe out and hold your breath, it will slow down. If you start breathing in and hold your breath, it will start speeding up. Can't notice that much on the call, but but yeah, I've noticed earlier that some beats like follow each other very consecutively, like karke do aajate hai, and then Correct. there's a bit of a gap. I never knew that it tells you something. It, yeah, but you obviously can't feel it as sensitively as the monitor does, yeah. but like it, it is something that you can use. Like, um, for example, when we do our Wim Hof breathing, right, and we're holding our breath for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. At that point of time, our heart rate drops very, very steadily, right? From a 70, it'll come down to 60, it'll come down to a 40 and maybe even lower. So at that point of time, you realize that your heart rate is constantly in flux and uh, it is responding to what's happening in your body. You can do it, use it breathing. You can do it using your, your mind. 
like um, i remember my dad and i one day we were having lunch in our office balcony and uh, we just got the battery changed in our uh, blood pressure monitor okay so we started challenging ourselves saying that let us picture what our blood pressure is going to be and we started measuring and we every time we measured we said chalo now we'll drop it by 10 points and we'll drop it by 10 points we said now we'll drop it again by 10 points and we would in our minds figure it out and drop it by 10 points the point is that your body is constantly responding to all your thoughts that you're having now i know if you've never experienced this you might seem that this is a complete rubbish but it is very very interesting on just how responsive your body is to the kinds of thoughts and the kinds of instructions that you're giving it we can do this with really? our pulse also yeah good i always learn something new when i speak with you i'm going to give this a shot what's the machine that one can use like what should i be looking so you have for? your pulse oximeter i think now everybody has a pulse oximeter at home you can try Correct. this out okay yeah put your pulse oximeter see whatever your uh, reading is okay that was blood yeah. pressure i'm talking about pulse right now and look uh, at it and keep looking at it and saying okay chalo it's 88 now i will bring it down to 77 and just keep thinking 77 77 77 77 77 and you'll notice it comes down now start saying i will increase it to 100 100 100 100 100 100 and at least go not maybe 100 but you go up to 90 chalo but the point is just by your thinking you're able to move your heart rate up and down heart rate up and down now imagine what you can do through your meditation imagine what you can do like for post workout recovery if you're saying okay ah bring heart rate down then imagine if you're going out uh, to first date or making presentation to people like like every time we have these uh, workshops on google right um, workshops on 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 zoom or google meets like uh, 170 people as part of the workshop now because you can get those kind of numbers on on these <laughs> platforms you're like oh my god 170 people how are they going to judge me you can use all these techniques to start calming your body down because an anxious body is fidgety you'll knock off things you knock over things your mind won't be clear so you learn to control these things to improve your performance there as well and what's the earlobe wala machine the one for hrv so the one that i had been using was stuff that i'd bought about um, four years back or three four years back and um, it was basically a, a japanese company a japanese or chinese company and um those days you were getting it off aliexpress because we could now I, i don't know where we would get one from in in um, india but the thing is that a lot of the new variables are actually tracking some form of hrv but not accurately so for example right now i'm using this uh, mi watch please do not buy it it's highly inaccurate but it has <laughs> the feature of tracking hrv so like there is a button that tells me what is my stress level today and it measures hrv to give me that answer sometimes it's accurate it. sometimes it's not but the thing is Got that it. at least it's coming into our lives this was stuff yeah. that 4 5 years ago was very very new nobody had heard about it every time i spoke about hrv people said ha pulse no no ah, I I didn't know I'm going to research after this and and figure out if my Apple Watch does something like it's telling me right now my energy level is low at 28 and my stress level is at 74 because we're doing this podcast normally it's at 14 podcast huh. <laughs> so in fact no, I, don't take don't take so much stress yeah it's I, fine you're doing well thank you thank you thank you thank you <laughs> awesome man let's let's end this with a 
very very quick rapid fire and increase your stress levels a bit i've been taking a few notes on rapid fire so i'm just going to give you two options and you have to pick i'm not giving you any context nothing you just tell me whatever is your pick okay and so here goes uh 168 or omad i like omad strength or endurance strength 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 spreaders guilt or survivors guilt hey class dude that, that, that is the completely unfair uh, <laughs> hopefully survivors guilt is better than spreaders guilt <laughs> six pack or human flag hmm human flag getting a six pack is extremely overrated anybody listening to this wanting a six pack you will lose your social life people will call you an outcast think that you're completely mad and say that you're no fun anymore so please don't do that <laughs> there will be no one to see the six pack <laughs> <laughs> there will be no one to see the six pack <laughs> okay uh pistol squat or handstand 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 because i still can't do a pistol squat still can't do a pistol squat Hey, ulta handstand is still not coming, man. Like two five second hold at max, and then I have to come. No, no, pistol squat is happening. <laughs> uh, okay, last one. Body fat or HRV? No, that two uncomparable things. Huh? You did which, oranges which and would, anvils. Which, no, no, no. Which one would you track? Which one would you rather track? Oh, HRV. Body HRV, fat. HRV. बॉडी फैट आता जाए जाता है आता है जाता है एंड एज सुन एज यू रियलाइज कि आता है मगर जाता भी है एंड यू कैन फिगर आउट हाउ टू डू द जाता है लाइफ लाइफ इज सॉर्टेड सॉर्टेड ब्रिलियंट ऑसम मैन दिस इज अमेजिंग आई लव स्पीकिंग विद यू ऑलवेज लर्न समथिंग न्यू एंड दिस टाइम वाज नो डिफरेंट थैंक यू सो मच फॉर डूइंग दिस इन मेकिंग टाइम थैंक यू थैंक यू एब्सोल्युटली लव्ड इट If you like this episode don't forget to hit like and subscribe to our channel so we can continue making more of these and tell us who you'd like us to host next in the comments below ciao for now